This is the iMoveU podcast, getting you private practice ready. We give you fresh ideas on mindset, communication, and clinical skills so you can have a fulfilled career. What a time to be alive. Episode 17 of the iMoveU podcast. No, you're not hearing things. It's Andrew here hosting today's episode, and we're going to be talking about what to do when I don't have a diagnosis yet. A lot of health professionals get hung up on what the diagnosis is for their clients and genuinely feel bad for not being able to give them one on that first visit. Now at university, we're taught things such as clinical patterns, which in theory sound nice and definitely are useful when you're first learning about different conditions. The reality, however, is that most types of pain or conditions rarely fall within these straightforward patterns. Now, why do we feel so bad? I think it's because we are health professionals and our perception is that being able to give a diagnosis is linked to how good we must be as therapists. No one wants to go see a therapist that gives out the wrong diagnosis, right? But the difference here is that no diagnosis is not the same as a bad or wrong one. Now, let me explain. I feel strongly that giving a diagnosis for the sake of it and potentially putting someone on the wrong path is much more damaging than saying, we don't quite know what's going on yet. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. See how it responds before we put all our eggs in one basket. Now, the key here is we're not just going to avoid a diagnosis. It may be that by the end and as pain clears up, there might not have been a clear diagnosis, and that's okay. But what you're doing is buying yourself time to do all your tests, to see how it reacts to certain treatments or modifications and get a much more accurate diagnosis than how, it per- how it's perceived on that first day when usually things are really sore and every single test you do, you know, gets a reaction. So for example, let's use a knee. I like the knee because it can be used in all different ways, right? You could argue, well, we want to know exactly what's going on from a diagnosis point of view because they may need a referral on for a scan. They may have had a you know, ligament or a meniscal injury. And I would dare say that most of us would be comfortable identifying this and referring on. And the reason here is they usually have clear-cut histories of what's happened. It's a, a twist or a land and I heard a pop, all those common things. They present with clicking or locking and without even doing tests, it's pretty obvious that you probably need to refer on to see what's happened inside. What I'm actually referring to here, though, is the broader anterior knee pain, lateral knee pain, all those things that could be multiple different things contributing. Now, for a lateral knee pain, it could be the meniscus, it could be the ITB, it could be just general tightness down the lateral thigh, It could be related to your hips. It could be related to your feet. Now, do you need to say this is what it is in that first session? I don't think so. I think a lot of therapists go wrong by going with a diagnosis. Let's say I say it's definitely your ITB rubbing on your knee. And I still might have other contributing factors like the hip or the ankle. But now that person is going everything about ITB. They go and Google ITB. They, their friends tell them about the ITB. And if it just happens to present that way on day one and it doesn't actually look like that from then on, it's going to be hard to, to really go back on your word. And I think 
therapist will also feel bad to go, oh, I know I said it was this or that, but now I don't think so. They don't want to put those doubts in a, in a client's mind. And so even if you think, oh, no, I, I, I wouldn't feel too bad about doing it, subconsciously, a lot of therapists struggle with it. So I love the use of management plans because you can lay out all the factors. Now, most people will talk through these factors with the client and that's a great start, but putting words to paper is so much more powerful for a client. And this is also where that diagnosis is normally written down. And I said putting words to, words to paper is, is really powerful. That could also be a reason why we get so hung up and really want that diagnosis because I don't want to write down that I don't know. Now, there are multiple ways to go about it, but for myself, I've got no problem with writing a grumpy knee on that management plan after the first session. You can go back and you can you know, give it a diagnosis if you want after two, three, four visits, but early on, look, all they need to know is a grumpy knee and probably the impairments that you find. You're really tight through here, restricted through here. Let's work on X, Y, and Z and see how it responds. Now, you're going to list out their goals. You're going to talk about what they need to do at home and, and what you're going to focus on in, in, in the consult. Other than that, the patient doesn't need a diagnosis. They honestly just want to know that there's something that can be done and that they're heading towards the right recovery. Now, if you have no idea, so you do your tests, you don't know what the impairment is or what impairments there are, and it's really mind-boggling, look, maybe you need to own up and say, I'm not quite sure what's going on yet. You'd still try a couple of things and you'd still want to see how it responds. Maybe it's just a really bad day where everything just hurts and that may happen and you need to be confident and comfortable with that because what clients don't want to see is a therapist fumbling through their objective, asking questions, repeating questions and just that perception of, oh, this person really doesn't know what's going on and it's like they've done this, this is their first ever consult and that's what can happen when therapists get flustered. So, making sure that you're comfortable with not knowing what's going on and confident to say we're going to find out over the next few sessions. That ties into building that rapport and your client feeling that you have their best interests at heart versus they really have no idea, they're fluffing their way through and they told me to come back in two days. It's a very different picture. Now, I use the same thing for, for nerves. Nerves can be very up and down. And a lot of the time, it's a bit more stressful for a client. They might have pins and needles or tingling that really worries them. And they may have had other health professionals or GPs talk about how their nerves are stuffed and they'll never get better and, and all that jazz. Again, they come in and it's this nerve and, and you go, yeah, it, it is that nerve, but you haven't got damage to it. And I don't need to diagnose a, you know, people talk about I've ruptured a nerve or I've damaged a nerve. I just call it, you know, a compressed nerve, a grumpy nerve, all those things that we can change. When something's really irritated, 
it's going to cause you a lot of discomfort and it's going to take, it's not going to take much to annoy it. So with nerves, I talk about them being a little bit irritated and we just need to calm it all down for a, a short time, let it settle before we go ahead and, and poke the bear a little bit. Now, again, just that basic understanding of little things will annoy it right now because it's sensitive and, and irritable can give clients a lot of comfort and confidence in you. And again, it's, it's being able to, to be calm in these situations and not play it down, but reassure your clients that this is okay. For you, you may have seen 100 nerve injuries before and a lot of them get better. For this client, it's the first time they've experienced it and they've probably got a, a lot of self-beliefs where they've seen family members or friends go through similar issues and have ongoing, ongoing pain. So if you're calm, confident, and you're willing to go ahead without a diagnosis, then you'll find your clients don't really care. Now, I think this is an art that you need to develop over time, and it will come with practice inside and outside of the consult room. So I would write a list of joints and think of how else you would describe them. Is it irritable, grumpy, sensitive, a bit annoyed? Some of these terms can be just as good as a diagnosis in the early days. So to summarize, don't get hung up on that diagnosis. It's actually okay not to have one. Just ensure that you have a clear plan of attack, which usually focuses on the impairments you've found on day one, and then make sure to follow up with how they respond to anything you've tried in order to calm things down. For homework, write down that list of terms you can use in place of giving someone a diagnosis and you'll be halfway there to nailing in a consult. All right, that's a wrap on episode 17, what to do if you don't have a diagnosis. Thank you for listening to my debut solo effort here on the iMovie podcast. Go easy on me in the comments, but please do leave them along with any reviews. I would love to hear about your stories to do with this, whether they're good or bad. Thank you for joining me. What a time to be alive. Bye for now.